0: Welcome to the Lanier Hills Church Sermon Podcast, where faith meets life. I'm Pastor Randall Popham, inviting you to explore wisdom from the Word with us. For more information, visit us online at lanierhills.com. Um, we're going to be in John 6 this morning. If you're new today, welcome. I want to welcome you to Lanier Hills Church and thank you for worshiping with us. We are um, so glad that you're here. We're going through the book of John. We're walking through it, taking our time, looking at scriptures and talking about who God is and, and, and inviting you and ourselves to come and see who he is, so we can learn about who he is, so we can know him personally and follow him with our lives. So that's what we're doing. We're going to do that in just a few moments, but if uh, if you want to, you don't have a Bible, you can take a moment and scan that QR code in front of you on the seat. It'll take you to the sermon notes and scriptures for all that today, but also before I get into it, few things I want to highlight, like go to there. There's a, so many things that everybody has come to me and said today, hey, will you announce this? Will you announce this? Will you announce this? It's all in there and in the, the links. So go and check that out because I may forget to announce something important. Uh, we have like a next week we have, if you're new and you want to get come to our getting to know you lunch. That's next week, if you want to sign up for that, I'll tell you about that in a little bit, our partnership class, there's a lot of stuff going on, so make sure you follow that link and get to know what's going on today. All right, so um, how many of you have, and I know you have, and some of you are going through this right now, you get to the place in your life where you look at your resources, your time, your energy, your faith, and you think, I don't have enough. I don't have enough of the resources. I don't have enough of the faith. I don't have enough energy. I don't have enough knowledge. I don't have enough talent. But you're looking at your life and you're like, I don't have enough. You ever felt that way? right? Some of you are there right now. Right now you're wondering how you're going to make it through. You don't have enough to make it in this season. And you're wondering where God is at in this season of your life. I remember when Dana and I uh, had... We found out I was in school and studying in school, and I was serving a little church in North Carolina or in South Carolina. Found out we were going to have our first daughter, Savannah, and you know, I mean, first thing running through my mind is like, we're in college and we're married and we're you know studying for school. How in the world are we going to survive? And I went, you know, just like praying. I even got away for three days alone by myself, camping. Just like Lord, I got it. You got to show up. (laughs) I'm going to be a dad. I'm, I have no idea what to do. Anybody felt like that way as a dad sometimes? I don't know what to do. You ever felt like that as a mom? I don't know. How am I going to parent? You know, how am I going to provide? I'm going to school. I'm working at a, as a youth pastor, not making hardly any money. And, and, and I didn't know what I was going to do. I thought I was going to have to quit, like, doing ministry. And so one day I was um, riding home on a Wednesday night after teaching with my youth group, and, and, and I had just riding home and I just had a low moment and I pulled over on the side of the road in a little cow pasture and just out in the middle of nowhere in um, Traveler's Rest, South Carolina and I pulled over and the mountains were right there It was beautiful mountains and I just had a conversation with God but it wasn't more like a conversation it was more like me telling God how to do things. Anybody had one of those? Like God, and what are you doing? You you brought me here. You gave Dane and I this opportunity to serve in this church. You called me to ministry, and now you're blessing us with a baby. But I don't know how we're going to take how we're going to do this. I don't know how we're going to make the ends meet, Lord. I don't know how we're going to do it. And I got very to low point. I said, God, I would never, as a father, I would never get my son to this point and leave him hanging. What are you doing? You ever had a conversation like that with God? Immediately, and guess what? I didn't get struck by lightning. <laughs> Nothing, you know, and it's just like God saying, I see you. In that moment, though, I, just, I after getting it off my chest, I felt this presence that God said, saying, I got you. Just trust me. We go on, you know, we have these situations where it's our first baby, Savannah, and um, every little pain, Dana thought she was having the baby. <laughs> you know she thought oh we go, go to the hospital we uh, I think we went three times right we're having been like no you're good you know come back another t- when you're ready right we finally uh came to the situation Dana's mom was there with us and we're living in our, our one bedroom apartment on campus at the college and it is a christian college and, and 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 it was time they're like it's time carla came and she said she's getting in the car it's time to have a baby and uh and so this was 25 years ago, right? And so I didn't have like a cell phone, but the phone rings and I'm thinking it's family. So I'm going to tell them, hey, we're on our way to the hospital. Pick it up and there's this guy there. And he says, hey, you don't know me, but my name is Steve Scoggins. I'm the pastor in First Baptist Church, Hendersonville, North Carolina. We're looking for a full-time high school youth pastor. Are you interested? And, I, and I'm like, yes, but my wife's literally about to have a baby. And so I will call you back next week. <laughs> And he said, good, because we're interested in you. We're not talking to anybody else. I hung up the phone, and I said, Lord, could you have waited any longer? (laughs) Right? I mean, you've been there before. You're like, God, he showed up, and he provided. Here's what I learned early in ministry, that God always will do more than we ever thought or imagined. He will. He will. And I'm going to tell you how he does that today. See, I think as as we grow older, we forget to believe that God can do that. You know, and when we're young and we're, we're young kids, we think and we know that God can, you know, there's, there's imagination. You can imagine great things, but as we get, start to learn, we, reason comes into play and logic comes into play and you learn one plus one is two and two plus two is four. And, and And you learn that there are rules, and there are boundaries, and there's, you know, all these things in place, and so then we start to take that to our faith, and we start to believe, you know, this plus this plus this, and this is what happens, but I want you to understand something today. I want you to get this. It's this, that there are moments when faith and divine power surpass surpass boundaries and reason. You know what it is called? It's the mathematics of miracles. When in miracles and with God's power and with faith, two plus two doesn't always equal four. Now, right now, you're going to start thinking he's going woke on us because he's not making any sense, right? But two plus two doesn't always equal four, and Jesus is arithmetic. And we're going to see today that when we have faith and with God's power, God can do more than we ever thought or imagined, and I want to invite you today to open your hearts and your minds and to, and to see what God can do when we have faith. When we have faith and believe what he can do, man, he can do, it's limitless what he can do. So I want to invite you into that today, and I want you to prepare your hearts for that because God wants to take some of you to a new place in your faith, a new faith, and he wants to see you, he wants to show up and for you to see his power in your life but we have to be open to it, and I want to dare you to say, God, I want all that for me. So would you just pray with me? Let's pray. Lord, we love you. We thank you. We're here today because we love you. We're here today because we want to hear from you. We're listening online today because we know the importance of remembering you. And today as we open this scripture, Lord, we ask that you would, would open our minds. There are places in, in our mind and our beliefs Where we say this plus this plus this equals this, but Lord, help us to see that in your mathematics, we cannot limit you. So Lord, today open our minds, open our eyes, open our hearts, open our ears to your voice so that we see you today, Lord. Show us what we need to hear. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. To so John chapter 6, a familiar Bible story. If you grew up in church, maybe if you're not, I'm going to explain it to you, so don't feel bad if you don't ever heard this story. But it's a good one. It's one of my favorites, probably a lot of your favorites. But we're going to jump in. John 6, 115. Here's what happens. And sometime after this, Jesus crossed to the far shore of the Sea of Galilee. That is the Sea of Tiberias. And a great crowd of people followed him because they saw the signs he had performed by healing the sick. We learned last couple two weeks healing the the man at the pool, and people were following him everywhere. Then Jesus went up on the mountainside and sat down with his disciples, and the Jewish Passover festival was near. And when Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming toward him, he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? Look at his statement, it says here, look what it says, he asked this only to test them. For he already had in mind what he was going to do. Listen, sometimes we go through situations and God just put in there to see what you're going to say. How are you going to respond? Philip answered, "It would take more than half a year's wages to buy enough bread for each one to have a bite." Another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up, "Here is a boy, five small barley loaves and two small fish, but I just mess my notes up. But how far will they go among so many?" And Jesus said. Have the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in that place, and they sat down. About 5,000 men were there, so just the men, 5,000. There's over 10,000. Jesus then took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. And he did the same with the fish. When they had all had enough to eat, he said to his disciples, gather the pieces that are left over. Let nothing be wasted. So they gathered them and filled two or 12 baskets, With the pieces of the five barley loaves left over by those who had eaten. After the people saw the sign Jesus performed, they began to say, Surely this is the prophet. This is the prophet who is to come into the world. And Jesus, knowing that they intended to come and make him king by force, withdrew again to a mountainside by himself. Cool story. I love this awesome story. Anybody, is this one of your favorite stories this morning? It's a good one, right? There's so much here. Let me just kind of break it down for you a little bit. So Jesus has performed miracles. Obviously, people see him perform miracles. They're like, I want to see God do miracles in my life. So what do they do? They go and and they start following around. They end up on a hillside. Now, while they're on this hillside, I love what Jesus said. He's like, where are these people going to eat? And it says he already knew the answer. He already knew it, right? He said, but he did it to test them. So what happens? Philip is a lot like me and you. How does he answer? He says, he looks around, he starts adding it up in his figure, 10,000, 5,000 men, 10,000, you know, 10,000 people. That's going to cost 200 denarii, all right? He's like, two plus two, he gets to there, gets his math all together. And he says, Jesus, this is impossible. That would take a half a year's salary to feed all of these people. So he answered a lot like you and me in this situation. We think through the math. We think through the situation. And logically and reasonably, we've come to a conclusion. That's, that can't happen. Then, what do we have? Who comes next? We have Andrew. <coughs> comes and says, all right, uh, Jesus, I found this little boy. And he has a few fish. And he has some, and he has some, and, uh, some bread, some barley here, some bread to I don't know how far it'll go, but can you use it? I like him. He's like, I don't have, I don't know what you can do, but can you do something with this? It's not going to go far, but can you use it? I love that. So you have one logical and one saying, I don't know what you can do with this, but do something with it. And what does Jesus do? He says, all right, have everybody sit down, sit in the grass, they're all sitting around. And he blesses it. He acknowledges God in it, right? The Father he says, now start passing this out. They start passing around, and I love what it says. He said, when everyone had enough bread. Has anybody ever had enough bread? Right? Bread, man, it's like the gift from God, right? A little butter on it, you know, all that good stuff. When everybody had enough bread. So they're handing out all this bread. And it's like going to your grandmother's house or something, and where she makes you eat till you can't breathe anymore, right? You keep yelling. You want some more? want some more? You want some more? And you feel, and, and so they're giving him. It says, when everyone had enough Not just when everybody got a bite. When everyone had enough, they took up the leftovers and there's 12 baskets left over. Man, what a beautiful story. If we look through this story, here's where we we learn a few things. We learn what? God's compassionate. He looks around and he doesn't just meet the spiritual needs. He actually cares about your and my, our physical needs. He sees us. He knows what's going on. He looks around the crowd. He says, they need something to eat. And listen, you may be wondering where God is at in your life right now. Does he see you? You're wondering, is he going to take care of you? Is he going to provide? He is a compassionate God who sees you, and he will provide what you need in the right moment. He's also powerful. Jesus is powerful. Look, he takes a little bit, and what does he do? He prays over it, and he's able to do this miraculous thing. He can accomplish more than we ask or imagine. But also, third, Jesus is generous. You know what I love about it? He doesn't just give them what they need. He gives them more than they would ever want. How many of you today have seen in your own life that God gives you more than you deserve? Isn't that true? And a lot of times we wonder, is he going to provide in the future? Listen, he's already provided more than you ever deserve in your life. And, and, And he blesses them. He doesn't just give enough. It's abundant until everybody was full. He blesses us abundantly, but what I want to focus on, what I want to talk about and what we see is this important thing. This goes back to where I was talking about at the beginning, how we don't feel like we have enough, our resources aren't enough, And, and what I want us to see here is that not only is Jesus powerful and compassionate and generous, it's this, Jesus makes much of little. He makes much of little. It's not about what we don't have. It's about what we can, what God can do with what we do have. So here's what he did. Here he comes. Here's um, Andrew coming with just a little bit of faith. He's like, God, I I mean, there's a little bit of bread. Can you do something with that? How much faith is that? It's a little bit. He's like, I don't know how far to go, but God, here it is. He offers up this faith. By the way, how much faith does Jesus say we need in in our life? How much faith? Anybody know? A mustard seed. And what can we do with a mustard seed? move mountains. A little bit of faith goes a long way with God. Andrew comes with a little bit of faith and God blesses all of these people. We also have a young boy come and say, here's what I got. Now listen, this boy's coming and he's offering up his meal, a little bit he has. And it's not like they could just like go down to Chick-fil-A, right? Especially if it was the Sabbath, they couldn't get it, right? There was not going to be Getting any chicken, right? They couldn't go get that. They, you know, there was they couldn't order in Uber or any of that, right? So there's nothing to eat. And this boy's like, here's what I have. He offers what he has. And, and what does God do? He makes enough to feed thousands with the little bit the boy offers. The disciples, they, they just obey. God says, Jesus says to him, all right, start handing this out, start handing this out, start handing this out. They offer a little bit of their service, and God blesses 10,000 people. So you have a little bit of service, right? A little bit of talent, a little bit of time, a little bit of resources, a little bit of faith. And what does God do? He does more than anyone could ever imagine. So this whole idea that 2 plus 2 equals 4 with Jesus is not correct. 2 plus 2 is, equals enough with Jesus. 2 plus 2 equals more than enough with Jesus. It equals more than we can imagine with Jesus. And some of you right now, listen, in your own life, you're trying to figure out God's plan. You're trying to figure out how two plus two is going to equal four, how it's going to be enough. God isn't saying figure it out. He's saying just bring me what you have. Bring me your resources. Bring me your time. Bring me your energy. Bring me the faith you have and watch what I can do. So often, we're trying to figure it out. And I can be the worst of those. When things start to, you know, like get tight financially or in life, when things are hard, whatever. I'm sitting in my brain. I'm trying to figure it out. Anybody else is trying to figure it all out? And you forget that he is a God of miracles and his math does not work like your math. You forget about that. And we have to get to the place in the situations where we surrender your little to Jesus, trusting in his miraculous power to make the most of it, surrendering the little that you have. So for example, <clears throat> when it comes to your finances, the Scripture, listen, I'm not going to shy around this, Scripture's real clear, you put God first and your finances, he will take care of you. Not only will he just take care of you, he'll cause it to what? Overflow. And I can go around here and I've had conversations and conversations, conversations with people. Here's, and here's what I've found. Those that seem to have the most also, also are giving the most. And you may think, well, that's because they have so much. They give much. I would bet they would tell you it's because I give, God continues to bless. They, they've realized that God's math doesn't equal two plus two equals four. It's bigger than that. So in that same season that Dane and I had just off at school and... and uh, studying and preparing we were young and dumb and love right we were just living on love and all that I can't imagine it but my kid's doing it right now (laughs) but you know we were she was 19 i was 21 we were all studying and somebody let me be their youth pastor at 21 right my brain hadn't even finished developing at 21 but (laughs) I'm their youth pastor so anyway um We went off to school. I'm working this little church in downtown Greenville, South Carolina, and they and they didn't pay me anything, but just gave us a place to live. They said, "Here's a house, big old huge house," but it was just us. We like we like just lived in a couple rooms because we couldn't heat the rest of them. We turned it off, right? Because we couldn't afford it. And we we knew God called us to be faithful in all the areas of our life. I'm studying. She's putting me through school, working, and we uh, came to make a car payment. And we'd, already, we'd just written a check to the church we were going to, trusting God to provide. And it came to a time where we had to make the car payment. And we're like, well, if we make this car payment, we're going to have nothing left over, nothing for food, no pay the, any other bills. Or we could like, you know, like not give. And so we had this, this battle. We were like, all right, we're going to give and we're going to pay the car payment. The next, uh, the next day, we come home. I had come home from school. And if you ask Dane and I, you get different stories. Anybody having those in your life? She said it was her that went to the mailbox. I said it was me. It was like we were both there somehow, you know, but that's all I know. But so one of us went to the mailbox, and we get out of this envelope, and and we open it up, and I think it was me. So we open it up. (laughs) I can't Google that one, right, and find out who's right, (laughs) but I open it up, and and it's from uh, the associate pastor at the church we had left and moved from when we got married, and and he said, listen, I've been praying for you, me and my wife, and, and, um, and God told us to do this a while back, but we forgot. And so we're doing this now. Uh, here's a check that God wanted us to write to you, and we finally did it, and I looked, and uh, it was the exact amount of that car payment for that check that we had just written. And I remember, and Dana and I just getting on our knees, just crying, saying, God, <laughs> we can't outgive you. You always provide what we need, when we need it. Sometimes, though, he's going to test you. And he's going to see how you respond, right? That You're going to respond like a, like a Philip or an Andrew. How are you going to respond? He makes much of little. We have to surrender that. So maybe in your finances, God's telling you, will you be generous? And you're like, but, but then I won't have enough, right? You won't, but God has enough. Maybe it's in your time. You're thinking, I am just so worn out. I'm working and working. and got life going on. I don't have time to give anything to serve anybody else. Here's what I've found. When you give your time and your time, even just a little bit, you surrender a little bit of time to serve others, somehow things open up in your life. But if you don't make time for God and for worship and for serving others, for some reason you're always going to be too busy. Maybe in your faith, you're thinking, you know what? I don't have enough faith. And listen, it's been a hard week. We have, have a current church member who passed away this past week. Sweet Cindy Hunt passed away from cancer. And then a former church member who passed away. And both of them, all those families around them, they've reached out to me when we do the funeral and I've talked to them and they're all in the heart, hard, hard season of having faith when you lose loved ones. And that's a tough, hard season. And sometimes you just don't even have enough faith. But you know what Jesus wants us to do, whether it's our time or our treasures, even when your when you faith, you come and say, God, I don't have much, but here's what I have. Will you get me through? And here's the cool thing. Just as God blesses us with treasures and time, he gives us more faith when we offer what we have. So we surrender to Him. So how can we do that? How can we practically begin to surrender? There's a few things we need to recognize and remember. The first thing is this, is that you have to trust. If you're going to get to that place where you're trusting in those, li- those seasons of your life, trust in God's providence. First sermon we did this past year, when we started 2023, the first Sunday, I preached on providence. God gave me that word at the beginning of the year, providence. I want to see, how many of you listened well? Who remembers what providence means? Anybody remember? All right, I'm going to do it again next week, all right? <laughs> providence means this. God has seen to it. He has already seen to it. He's already taken care of it. Think back to the story of, I was just sharing about when the, the, the pastor wrote the check for us. The check literally was already in the mail while we were trusting God. He's already seen to it. And in your life, understand this, that God has already seen to it. In this story, he said this, when he asked them how he's going to feed them, what does he say? He already knew. He already knew. He's just testing them. We have to literally, like, get to the place where, like, I believe God is going to provide whatever season, whatever I need, if I will give him my little, he will make much of it. If I put him first, you know what the scripture says? If we put him first in our life, then he will provide all these things. Give him your first. Trusting him. Will He, he, he will provide. Providence. You know how he can do that? Because he's the God who can take a few fish and bless them. He's the God, guy, the guy, as we'll see last, next week, that can, can get up, They can walk on water. He's the God that can tell a crippled man to get up. Why? Because he is the God who's been there from the beginning, still exists, and holds everything together by the power of his word. So you can trust his providence that he will provide. Trusting the providence of God. The next thing, not only do we just trust the providence, we have to do this, offer what you have. Literally, offer what you have. You may think, well, I don't have enough to offer to God. Listen, whatever you have, we offer. The boy comes and gives a little bit of fish. The, the, the disciples give a little bit of their time and obedience. Philip gives a little bit of faith, or Andrew gives a little bit of faith, and God blesses that. You offer what you have, whether it's your resources, your time, or your talent. Trust that God can do much with our little. The church that I grew up in, I had a, it was a great church, and I had a a Sunday school teacher from ninth grade to twelfth grade, and it was the same teacher. He said, I want to walk with you boys through this season. I'm going to be your teacher for the next four years, and his name was Big Al, his Big Al, and Big Al was big, and he played college football, and he grew up on the streets of Detroit, and he was the toughest dude you'd ever met in your life, and Big Al gave his time, and he was a pretty terrible teacher. Right? He didn't prepare. For four years, it was the same message every Sunday. Same message, he just talked, he gave his time, he came, he showed up, he loved on us. And Big Al, there was like six or seven boys in this class, and you know, we all kind of went through it together. And he taught the same message every time, and I don't remember any other sermon, any other message through all of you know, my teenage years, except this one, because I got it every Sunday. And it was this, choose your friends wisely. Choose your friend's wife. Every Sunday, he taught that same thing. And Big Al taught that. And I want you to understand that. that it, I don't know it was always the message, but it was just him loving us and being there, offering what he had. Out of those six boys in that class, five of them ended up in ministry. Leading in churches, leading worship, leading ministries. Big Al offered what he had. And he said, God use it. And God blessed it. Did more than anybody can imagine we offer what we have, your time, your talent, resources. The next thing, <clears throat> you participate in God's work. Be active participants in God's work in the world, trusting that he will and can use our small contributions for his great purposes. I think a lot of times we think we don't, we don't have anything to offer. We don't have any talent. We don't have any gifts or resources to offer. But what you do, every one of you. One of the things you can do in every single one of us, we have people we know, we're having conversations, you're online with somebody, you're working with somebody, you're on a team with somebody, you're in school with somebody, and you're having conversations, and people are just like you. They're all going through the same stuff. Relationships, stress, finances, depression, darkness, addiction, you know, whatever. People are going through the same thing as you, and here's what you have as a believer in Jesus Christ. You have Jesus, your source. But not everybody has that, and there's times where conversations are going to come up in your life, and, and maybe they're saying, let me, my marriage isn't, we're not doing well. And, and, and in that moment, you have this choice. You, here's what goes through your mind. Sometimes you'll say, God will put something in your voice, you, in your head, and you'll, you can say, you know what, let me tell you what God did in my life. Let me tell you how God fixed my marriage. Let me tell you how we stay married, even though at times we want to kill each other, right? You can, let me tell you how God did that. And in that moment, you can. Here's what your brain will tell you you need to be quiet. You need to get them to a pastor. You need to get them to a um, counselor. Instead of saying, All right, here's my few fish, here's my few bread, my little bit of bread, I'm going to offer it up and see what God does in their life. Participate. In God's kingdom, saying, here's what I have. Here's, here's my voice. Here's my story. Here's my talents. And participate. Nearly every Sunday before I come out, I'm back here praying. And, and I go through my mind. And when the, just about every Sunday, I say this, Lord, here's my few fish. Here's my bread. Will you feed everybody today? I, I, I'm, it's a little bit and I know there's other people who got a lot more than me and more talent more resources and all those things but here's what I got will you use it today and it's amazing to see what God does when you offer him your time and your talent your resource and you participate in what God is doing he does more than you could ever imagine It is enough finally Embrace Jesus as your spiritual provider. Embrace Jesus as your spiritual provider. Look what it says here. Embrace Jesus not just as a provider of your physical needs, but more importantly, as your spiritual Savior and Lord. Yes, He's going to take care of you. But more importantly, you know what we need? We need a spiritual provider. And a lot of times we don't we, we go around looking for stuff to fill us and you may have all the bread and all the things you need but you're empty inside. The one who can fill you is Jesus Christ. He's the one that fills up the emptiness in your soul. And you may be thinking this morning, well, I don't have enough faith. Well, listen, do you have a mustard seed? Just a little bit. Can you come with that little bit of faith and say, God, help me to believe. Help me to trust you. Help me give my life to you. And with that little bit, God can do more than you ever thought or imagined. Listen, at the end of the day, here's what God wants you to know: Your life, your resources, your abilities might seem insufficient to you, but remember this, remember: they are never insignificant to God. The little boy's fish, the little bit of faith that Andrew had, the little bit of service that they did, when they offered to God, it it made a difference. And you, every single one of you, can make a difference in the kingdom of God when you offer your little bit and say, God, will you do much with this? Do what you can. Maybe it's your neighbor, it needs to be impacted. Maybe it's some kids. Right now, listen, there's so many, there's multiple needs in our church. On a Wednesday night, starting in two weeks, our kids ministry and Wednesday night, teenagers start back. And there are over 100 kids and teenagers here just being fed Jesus. This room's full of teenagers. The back hall's full of kids, the little kids. That whole building down there is full of, 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 of children. And this past week, Miss Julie, our, that leads the kids, she called me. And she's in a panic. She said, Randall, we got a, we got a crisis. And I said, what? She said, the two ladies that lead the preschool on Wednesday nights, neither one of them are going to be able to do it because one of them's having a baby right? And, and the other one has got life, school and work, some stuff that's going on, some transitions in her life. They're not going to be able to do it. We have nobody to teach the preschoolers on Wednesday nights. And she's freaking out. And I was just preparing this. And I said, God's got it. <laughs> she's like, what are you ta- You're being weird. And I said, no, God's got it. He's already provided and he's going to take care of it. She's like, all right, okay. Then what's wrong with you? But I said, no, God's got it. I know it and I believe it. And maybe it's you today that God wants to step into a position like that. You're the big owl for those little kids, You're just going to love on them and offer what you have. Maybe it's working with teenagers. Maybe it's doing something else. But when we offer our time, our talent, our resources to God, he does more than we could ever imagine. Maybe you're in a tight financial season right now in your life and you're wondering how you're going to make it through. Will you put God first in that area of your life? See what he does? Let's close our eyes. I want to take a moment and just make room for God to speak to us this morning. Lord, we're, we're here. We want to we wanna hear you. And more than that, we want to walk in faith. We want to be people who experience the mathematics of miracles in our life. So we come this morning offering our little to see you do much. Would you just be quiet a moment? I want you to ask God this in your life. Lord. What am I saying I don't have enough of? You're calling me in obedience in a certain year of my life, and what am I saying I don't have enough of? That you want me to lay down and surrender to you. Would you just ask him that this morning? Thank him for the little he's given you. If it's a little, maybe you're struggling with faith. Say, Lord, thank you for the little faith you've given me. I want to just put my trust in you. Maybe it's a little bit. Maybe you're holding back your time. You're saying, Lord, I don't have enough time. And he's saying, trust me with that. Would you offer it to him right now? Father, give us faith, more faith, to trust you. Lord, would you continue to move us from a place of comfort into a place where we're watching you do much with our little, whether it's in our home, with our family, making time for them, doing much with that. Lord, whether in our church, in our community, Lord, you do much with our little. We offer our time, our treasures, our talents to you.